Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Unwax Podcast with your favorite sisters, Sophia. No. Yes, you guys, that silence is something, and that silence means Sistine is not here today. And that's a big deal, because Sistine, it would take a lot for her not to show up for a podcast episode, and we've actually had to reschedule this session twice because of her sickness, but it all came crashing down from last night. I'm on the couch and the phone starts ringing and I hear literally Sistine shaking through the phone. And all I hear is turn on the tub, make it scorching hot so that I can sit in it because I'm freezing. She's never asked me to do that before in my life. And I, we have a tub in the, you know, we should be utilizing it more. I'm just not a tub girl. I think sitting in your own bath water is a little gross, but she loves it. So I turned it on, she gets in. And she was cold. You could tell like from her pale face that she was not doing well. And let's just say the rest of the night just gets progressively worse. I swear to God, she had the fevers, the aches, the chills, the whole shebang. Like she was in pain. I felt so sorry for her. So I got to put on my nurse hat and that's what I did the whole night. And when I say nurse, I was I was running errands. Let's just say at 9 p.m. last night, it is 20 degrees out in New York. It is snowing. It's freezing. I actually think when I was running out to go grab her some hydration packets. Also, she's very specific about things she wants when she's sick. She wanted these, what was it? Gatorade Zero Blue Chill. Anything else, if it was like not Arctic Chill, she would freak out. It had to be zero Gatorade Arctic Chill. Actually, she just ordered some red ones to the apartment and I can guarantee you she's not gonna be drinking those because that guy that postmated it here, that was an accident. So I'm running at 10 p.m. to get all these hydration packets. Not only that, I'm subbing wet towels that I've left in the refrigerator for her back and her neck as she's sweating out filling up the hot tub, playing 90s rom-com music in the background, trying to make her laugh. And even just this morning alone, I ordered her some like fresh pressed orange juice, hot bagels. Oh, I have to say, I'm a pretty damn good nurse. That sounds fabulous. If someone was doing that for me on any day of the week, I would just pretend I was sick the whole entire time. I mean, I was saying to Sistine and just even my mom this morning that when someone gets sick, you honestly realize whether or not you're a good caretaker. If you have like a very maternal nature, you know? Because I feel like at my core, because I have friends by the way. One of my girlfriends was talking about her boyfriend being sick a couple weeks ago and she was explaining how annoyed she was about how she had to take care of him, how he was just couldn't get out of bed. She just hated that she had to make him toast and get him on his medicine rotation. And it's okay, she wasn't complaining to him, but she was complaining to me. But I think that when you're caught in the situation where this person genuinely needs your help, it's almost like a fight or flight mode. You're either going to fly away and you're just not going to deal with it and let them deal with the Tylenol, Advil, PM, NyQuil rotation that they have to be on. Or you're going to get out your imaginary PhD that you got in nursing school and put that up front. Because, you know, with Sistine specifically, I, I'm, I would say I'm a caretaker naturally. I would say I'm maternal. But... My thing that I kind of do is I'm a bit more rational. I'm kind of like a robot. I I don't I would not I wouldn't say I'm hugging you. I'm not I'm not I'm not like rubbing your back going, oh like don't worry, don't worry. Like that's just not me. I'm more of the person I see you and I think, okay, problem equals solution. Okay, what are we gonna do? I'm I'm definitely not going like get up, sweetheart, 
get out of bed. Let's like get you into the tub. I'm going, get in the tub, get the ice packs. I'm going downstairs getting your medicine. If that, if those two pills that I left by your bedside aren't taken in the next four minutes, I'm going to take them away and you're going to be sick the rest of the night. And I will say, I know, look, look, I swear I am sympathetic. I'm sympathetic. I, I feel for her. And I, this is going to sound really bad. Um, I think the worst part about a roommate being sick is the potential that you're gonna get sick. That's the worst part, right? Like I think that when someone gets sick, you're gonna put in all this effort to make sure they're okay. And then you're always around them. And as many times as you wash your hands, I swear to God, you're gonna get it, no matter what. I don't know what it is. I'm already, I feel like I'm psycho, like I'm almost like not psychoanalyzing. I don't know what the word is, but I'm almost like tricking myself right now to thinking I'm sick now, even though I'm totally fine. But I feel like I can feel the the germs on me. I'm not I'm not OCD with stuff like that, but that's the worst part. So right now I'm nauseous from the amount of zinc and vitamin C I've been taking every time I have a free chance because I actually cannot get sick. I really can't. I I cannot. I mean, look. I understand today's a holiday. We're shooting this on Monday. It's going to come out tomorrow. So, oh, this is probably the most real in time episode you're probably going to get this year because we usually shoot a couple of days earlier, but right now I'm doing it the day before we're releasing. So let's see how this goes. But yeah, I I am really nervous that I'm going to get what Sassine has and I'm looking at her. I don't want what she has right now. Do you think you're good at taking care of people, Chris? Yeah, I think I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. The whole like getting sick thing is kind of right? what prevents me from wanting to do it more. But I know. If I was in your situation, I was like already there. I'd be like, okay, we're all going to get it. You're not not going to do it. But yeah. then it's also, I think, the added on fact that right now it's freezing in New York. Yeah. It's like it's snowing it's at this point. And then being sick on top of that cannot get any worse. Maybe, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it's better that she's sick now. Because she really can't go outside that much. There is nothing really worse than being sick in the summertime. It's like everybody's right. enjoying themselves, especially totally. in New York. Like everybody's actually having a good time for once. They're yeah. Like slightly less miserable than exactly. Usual. But uh, yeah, being sick is awful. It's the worst. And I swear right now, she just came back from the doctor and she said that there's an outbreak of influenza in New York. And actually, not only that, I'm not trying to scare people right now, but there's an outbreak of not even just influenza, of COVID too. Yeah. So people have been getting both, yep. the double whammy. I swear to God, if she has both, I'm going to kill her. I don't think so though. I think she just has flu and I feel bad for her, but I'm just, please, for the love of God, I cannot get sick. I cannot get sick. But now I know I'm a good mother. I'm going to be a tough mother. I'm more of like the school nurse, I'd say. I'm definitely like the the movie school nurse that you don't like in the movies because you know that they're just like not warm. But I get you healed. I put the Band-Aid on the wound. But I'm not, I'm not going to be swaddling you, like feeding you with a bottle, making sure you're fine. But if anyone's going to get Sistine better, it is me. Okay, so now that that's explained and out of the way, let's get into something that I was actually really excited to talk about this specifically because um, Sistine and I have been going back and forth about uh, an obvious change to me currently, and I wanted her to be here to talk about it, but I guess I'll just kind of say the obvious. Big news, breaking news. After 10 long years of being a bleach blonde, I've decided to go brunette. Thank you. How do you feel? I feel great. I will say, I will say, I looked at myself in the mirror 
And it was definitely, um, I've been doing a lot of double takes and it's been a couple weeks that I still don't recognize myself. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm a natural brunette. Like my, my natural hair is my root color. So I kind of feel like I also look like I'm 15 again. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I changed my hair because of a multitude of reasons. I don't know if I really got into it, but surface level reasons is because when you've been dyeing your hair for 10 years, bleach especially, it fries it off. And you can totally see when you talk to blondes, you have pieces that are sticking up. And I have one of those. Sue me. I was the ones with the broken ends. And also my hair was naturally very thick. And I saw that my hair... Actually, Sistine touched my hair, and it was probably the size of how I'm holding my thumb and finger. It was tiny compared to what it was before. You had to use your whole hand to feel how thick my hair was. So I was doing it because my hair was falling off. I was also bored of seeing the same color for 10 years. You know, I'm not someone that's a risk taker. I would say a lot of things in life, I'm risk adverse. I kind of stay away from anything that is a big change. I just don't like it. I just, I'm more of a controlled person person. I like things that I know are going to work out. I already knew that the blonde was going to work out. I knew that I didn't look good brunette in the past. So me doing this big change was obviously I was pushed against a wall and I was like, I got to do it now. And it was to the point where I had the idea and the feeling and I booked the person the next day and I just said, here's a photo, do it. And I don't want to see it until the end because I don't want to say no. And I already knew the moment she started putting in the toner, that's when I started to kind of freak out. And I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> this is a bad idea. But I think also innately, I've wanted to do this for a while. For some reason, I've been saying this as a joke for the last 10 years, not 10 years, two years. I knew I wanted to go back eventually, but I didn't know when. And I knew it had to be a moment where I just felt like this was the time. Also, it's just more fun to change it up. You know, 10 years of being a blonde. Also, there's a lot of brunettes in New York. I'm definitely not standing out. So this is definitely for me. This is not me doing it for someone else. Um, but I've been looking in the mirror and I don't recognize this myself. I was saying to Chris that I look like I'm back to how I was before, which kind of is sentimental. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of was like, oh, I look like the old me again, which is a good thing in a way. I guess I've matured, obviously. But I think the main thing for me was, um, you know, the quote, like, hair holds memories. Mm -hmm. I ain't getting a bob. Like, they're, they're, my hair, I've had a bob before. It's flown up. I think you know when your face can hold short hair. So my version of that is going brunette. And I'm like, okay, I've been this blonde for 10 years. I feel like I've done everything as a blonde. And I kind of wanted to go into a new phase and a new year as a new color. And, you know, I think that sometimes there's a lot of changes I want to do this year. And... Sometimes I feel like it's easier to start implementing those changes when you see a physical change and you go, oh, this is a new version that I'm working on this year. This is a new person. And um, I was also realizing, and I said this kind of before last, like I would say in last October, I started seeing things that were kind of going downhill with me physically. Like I, as we know, I moved to a whole new city. So from LA to New York, very, very different places. Um, I'm now entering a single phase where I was with someone for a year and then I wasn't. Um, and then you're getting adjusted to this new environment with friends and urban. See, I'm, I'm waking up and instead of seeing a tree, I see someone working at their desk at 7 a.m. waving at me. And I hear a trash man at 2 a.m. So it's just a very, very different environment. And also the reality show coming out. And I also think that there was just other things in my life. And 
it's almost like that Ferris Bueller quote. If you don't stop and look around, like life moves pretty fast, whatever. I think I totally just flip-flopped that. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to take a look, it flies by. And I think I was kind of just running on autopilot for the last year. And so in October, everything just kind of freaked out. My body is very much a body that if something doesn't feel right, it physically reacts. Like if I was in a bad relationship, I get rashes. That's my thing. Uh, That's my thing. That's my brand. But for this one specifically, um, I think I was just overstressing myself, overdoing it with everything. And I also was probably not being aware of how I was feeling internally. And I think it's hard to sometimes self-check when you're trying to distract yourself a lot. And especially in New York where everyone is on this hustle mentality, stopping and pausing is just not the first thing on your plate to eat. So for me, in October, I came to a halt when I had like the eczema, which I was joking about on the podcast, the eczema, the cystic acne, the I had a lot of migraines. I was just feeling super lethargic all the time. And so me cutting out alcohol in November was a part of that change. And so since then, I would say I've only had like, and I'm also doing dry January. So a total since November, I've probably drank like three times, like not that much anymore. Not because I'm trying to cut back or trying to be sober, but I just am feeling a lot better. And so with all of those changes, and I want to also go into this year, you know, more focused on natural hair, natural nails, like lessening my focus on dating and implementing more time into projects that I had last year. Um, I figured why not do that with my hair first? Because that was kind of like the biggest identity with me. Everyone knew me as like Sophia the blonde, like the Labrador with the black cat Sistine. And this was kind of just like that, that shake that I kind of needed to go, oh, okay, this is the the new version. And I think that's important that people need to do that sometimes where I feel like, especially in your 20s, you don't really ever pause and think about, okay, so I've done all these things. Is it making me happy? Like a self-check. I feel like people don't self-check a lot. Maybe it's a little bit more in this generation, but I think that sometimes, especially when you're, you know, trying to like get involved and, you know, when you're in your 20s, you're trying to figure yourself out. You don't really figure yourself out. You're kind of like doing everything but doing nothing, you know? And so right now, for me, I was able to stop and go, like, what is going to make me fulfilled? And so that's that. And this is, by the way, when I said I don't want to date, because I said this in my ins and out list, I said that I was dating not for just because I'm dating for marriage, which the said that was a lot. And I understand that. And also, everybody that I've told said that that's a little bit heavy. But, you know, I think that it's le- it's less about marriage. I'm not trying to get hitched right now, unless unless you're a good one. <laughs> this, this finger, this hand's feeling a little light right now. Um It's just more I'm looking for quality, not quantity. So I'm not going to put in time with someone that I don't find, you know, that's going to work for me. Also, you know, I just had this vision. Maybe this is going to help. Look at life like a pie, like an apple pie, right? Sistine, I totally, I already can envision Sistine making fun of me for doing this (laughs) metaphor. Life is like an apple pie. Okay. Let's say it's cut into four slices and... One is for your energy for friendships and social. One is for family. One is for personal growth. And the other one is for, let's just say, career, right? Because that's also a big part. The reason why I'm not putting anything into relationships is because right now some of those pieces of the pie are eaten a little bit more. So they kind of need to be refilled. And I want the whole pie to be done before, you know, I 
give it freshly to someone else. Because look, I think a lot of people do this and this is the problem, especially when you don't feel like you're whole. Like where, let's just say your career or your purpose, you can't find it and you're feeling really insecure about it. So someone takes away that pie and you look at someone and you shove a blueberry pie in the apple pie. It doesn't work. It doesn't fit. No one's going to buy that pie. You're not going to buy that pie. It doesn't work, right? I know it sounds really shitty and a stupid <laughs> analogy, but my point is, is that you can't force something to work unless you're wholly comfortable with yourself. If you're really looking for that one, you can absolutely just date for fun. Don't get me wrong. I think that's all a part of the social life and figuring out what you want. But if you're in my position where you've kind of done that and you've dated and you like, I look, I'm also a relationship person. I'm not a one night stand, which power to you. Go at it if you want to do that. But for me, I'm not. So I just, you know, want to have that whole thing filled. And then I feel like once I am at my best, I can, you know, find someone. I kind of just went on a tangent from brunette to blonde moment there, <laughs> or blonde to brunette. But speaking of that, let me go into this. I've noticed a significant difference in the way people treat me as I was a blonde to a brunette. And I've watched the videos, I've talked to the friends, and I didn't believe it. To be honest, I was thinking, okay, that's kind of dumb. Like, who really gets different treatment from their hair color? Like, I, the way my friends will treat me, the way the guys will treat me, it's not different. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see big changes. And I'll tell you a few. And it's not even been that long. And look, I love being a brunette. Love it. This, I'm very happy with how it turned out. It's also not fully brunette, as you can see baby steps. There's some highlights in there. But I would say being a blonde, especially in New York, is like wearing a spotlight on your head. You know, everyone's going to kind of look at it. If you're dressed well and you're a blonde with long hair, people are going to double take you in some way for some reason. And I noticed that, especially as I moved to the city, right? Like, do you feel like you kind of like notice sometimes blondes more when they're having their big hair and they're walking down the street and stuff yeah. like that, right? Like, what is that, movie star? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm like, did you see me? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, no, but I noticed that. And to be honest, some of the stares for me when I was doing that, I got stared at. This is not me being cocky. I'm not saying that everyone looked at me and I'm oh, a hot shot. Sure. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, look, yeah, people looked at me. <laughs> um... But, and not all of them were, like, well, not all of them were wanted, but now being a brunette, you guys, like, no one looks. <laughs> no one, I swear no one checks me out. Even when I'm all put up and put down, like, put, well, all, even when I'm put together, I swear no one really looks at me. And I, and that's not, people will look, but it's not the same as when I was a blonde. And I will also say, I will also say, the quality of the conversation, also the quality of the guy is totally different, totally different. When I was a blonde, people would say the most out-of-pocket stuff, just the most unnecessary What's things. the craziest things? The craziest stuff? things. I would say like, I mean, other than calling me like, hey, Malibu Barbie, get your ass over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Crazy. And then I would also, I mean, also as a blonde, like if I would go to the bar, I would get free drinks way more often, way more often. Also, unnecessary taps and things like that on my, like it was just like no one had any reservations when I was a blonde. It was the weirdest thing ever. And I also feel like when guys would hit on me, 
the conversations were very goofy and surface level. But, and this is by the way, I'm also not saying this is a good thing, blondes. I was a blonde. I was you. So I get you. But as a brunette, it's not as many guys will come up to me like a blonde, but the guys that do, it almost seems like a better quality conversation. Like they kind of treat me more seriously. Even like the meetings, I was just in LA. I just felt like I was a boss in the room rather than just someone that they could go, oh, she's a LA blonde girl, you know, like <laughs> influencer. That, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And look, I will say this too. Being a blonde holds some power because I mean, the amount of ways you can kind of control people with being a hot blonde is pretty damn cool. But I will say it's 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 a different world being a brunette in some good ways and some bad ways. Because, look, I'm not going to lie. There's attention and cat calls. Sometimes I needed them. <laughs> Sometimes I was not having a good day and I'm walking down the street and someone double takes me and I'm like, still got it. Now I'm literally saying, actually, this is really funny. I'm at Whole Foods the other day. I'm checking out and there's this guy standing next to me. So cute. And I will say I looked pretty cute. I didn't look horrible. I can tell you right now, I know if I was a blonde, he would have looked at that spotlight on my head. He would have looked at it. I even nudged him. I even stood at the checkout and nudged him. Didn't even look over and walked away. And so I'm blaming the brunette or he has a girlfriend. <laughs> so <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna blame the girlfriend. I'm not gonna say it's me, but that's also, that has been the stuff that I've noticed. And it, it is just, it's interesting. Also Scarlett did a big hair change, which was funny. She had long, long blonde hair and she also decided to cut it. She decided to cut it off to her shoulders and make it less blonde and she's losing her mind. She goes to Miami. So, you know, Miami blondes are like bleach blonde and long hair. She's the opposite right now. So I'll check on her mental state soon. <laughs> okay, so speaking of guys, um, of course, that's what we talk about a lot in this episode. But we said in the last episode that I was headed to LA and Sistine and Scarlett decided to join last minute. And I'm back from LA and there's so many updates. And I'll just say this before I get into the story and the lesson I learned there is that I went to LA for work and it was a really exciting project that I've been working on. And it's not the book that I've been always talking about, which is almost done. Um, but it's another thing that I've been producing and writing. And let's just say it was successful. I think it's the brunette. <laughs> I also think it's my brains. And I just, I'm really, really excited for this year because, you know, it feels good when you do something and you have, you know, a lot of heart in a project and people respond to it positively. Sometimes it, it's it's really hard to keep yourself motivated when you've been working over and over on something that you're passionate about and you're not receiving any, not credit is probably not the right word, but just some response, a positive response and someone that wants to further it with you. And so can't really talk too much about it, but I will say that it's all positive and I'm really excited for 2024. But I learned a really big lesson and this is involving, because we're all about positive self-worth in this 2024. As I've been brunette, and also I'm encouraging everyone to make those big changes because I will tell you right now, when you make big changes once, it kind of just follows suit. Like a lot of things that you do, like I feel like a little bit rebellious with the whole hair color change. And now being a certified nurse, I really feel like I'm qualified to tell people do those changes and do what you wanna do. But 
I was in LA for work, but I'm going to scoot back a little bit. New Year's Eve, we had said in the last podcast that I got a peck from someone. Let's call Mr. LA because he lives in LA. That's an easy way to say it. I feel like I'm copying every podcaster, but I don't really know how else to refer to him. So, and by the way, this pack wasn't something I expected. Also, it was 30 minutes after the countdown, so it doesn't count. So I guess he was technically my first kiss of 2024. <laughs> was it great? I don't know. It was fine. It was a pack. So we, we already had each other's numbers. I've known him for a while. This is just all about knowing your gut. This is a lesson about trusting your gut. Because I will tell you right now, I'm headed into this 2024 year with a good gut and reading reading the room, reading the emotions and going off of it. And I want people to start doing that. Okay, so we've already been talking. I've known this guy for a really long time. Like not, not in a romantic way. We've always, we matched on a dating app years ago. And so cut to now, we've never ever, we've always been kind of text friends, but that's pretty much it. And we ended up this year, New Year's Eve, and we packed, right? He knew that I was headed to LA in like seven, eight days, right? I'm answering his text messages. This boy proceeds to answer me probably every 48 hours. He's playing the long, long game. He's playing some sort of game. I would answer pretty quickly, and then he would, like clockwork, answer every 24 to 48 hours. And I was like, okay. And by the way, we've already kind of said to each other we were gonna go on a date. So I was kind of excited. I'm like, oh, we can kind of talk a little bit. And Sistine kept saying to me, relax. Like, who cares if he's answering this, that, whatever. But for me, I kind of was like, I don't know. It is, it's kind of irking me. There's something, it's annoying. Like, I kind of was like, okay, why isn't he, you know, setting the time, setting the place? Also, also, that same night on New Year's Eve, his friend asked for Sistine's number and lives in LA as well. By day two, he already figured out the time, place, and day that they were going to see each other. When I am talking to this guy, who I've known for much longer, nothing. So I get to LA and my purpose for being there, my purpose was to see my girlfriends and also get my work done, right? So as Mr. LA, 24 hour, 40 hour game guy wasn't answering, I booked all my free times for my girlfriends because that's what you do. You don't sit by the phone and wait, you just do what you gotta do. I leave on Thursday, Tuesday comes around, and he says, book me in for Wednesday night. And I go, sorry, no, too late, see you next time. He proceeds to text me immediately for the next day, all over on time 24 seven. Old me probably would have retreated and said, oh yeah, I'm free Wednesday, right? But there was something in my gut going, no, I always remember what my dad said. My dad always says this, how someone treats you early on is always how they're gonna treat you on later. And that stuck in my head. And I was like, you know what? I don't wanna go into 2024 waiting for someone to text me, wondering what he's thinking, playing these games. If a guy wants to see me and knows my value, he's gonna book a time, place. And this is just how I roll. May not be for everyone. It's not everyone's piece of pie, but that's my pie. I'm all about pies today. Who knows why? Maybe I'll go pick up some after this. Anywho, he, actually, this is kind of crazy. I end up going to dinner with my girlfriend. I find out a day or two later, by the way, by the way, if this is the best part of all of this, I ghost him. <laughs> thank you, thank you. 
I did what he did to me. I ghost him, but I find out, I'd say maybe a couple of days later, that this guy, they said to, basically they said, Sophia, stay away from him. You should not be with him because every girl he's ever dated, he's made insane. He does this trick and I quote, he leaves girls on red, plays mind games with them over the phone, makes them feel like they're crazy. And then they end up leaving him and he gets over the relationship within three days, they said. Moral of the story, trust your gut, go brunette. <laughs> no, don't go brunette, actually join me. Moral of the story is trust your gut. You know what you want, you know what you expect, and you know what you're looking for. So please, for this year, ladies and gentlemen, we're not all here waiting by the phone for someone to text us. We're all here waiting for someone to text us the time, day, and place they want to see us again and again and again, because it's not worth it to wait. And I'm telling you right now, I trusted my gut. I listened to it. I knew from the start that there was something off, and I'm so glad that I stuck with it. And it just makes me feel good, because I feel like going into this year, 2024, is off to a good start. Hair, body, brain-wise. And this is a mini episode, so obviously I could go on and talk because I love talking for another hour, but I'm not going to do that to you guys. And I guarantee Sissy would kill me in the editing room if she had to edit a 50-minute episode of only me talking. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys, you know, got some little lessons and tidbits and some funny stories, some laughs. And please, 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 please understand, this is my first solo episode. I'm nervous and I really wanted this to go well. So even if you hated it, just don't say it. Be kind in 2024. Also say, say look at also if you pass me on the street, check me out. All right. I hope you guys have a fabulous Tuesday and I will see you next week with Sistine. Bye. <laughs>